From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to The Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for Thursday, June 11, 2009. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined by my good friends, Walter Eccles, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kathy Whirling, and Teresa Eccles. John and Kevin are not able to be with us today. Uh, their schedules were just, uh, Kevin had a doctor's appointment and couldn't break it. So um, you'll just have to do without the genius and his incredible <laughs> sense of humor. Um, so, all right, we have uh, your emails and voicemails for this week's show, as always. So I will just do the usual spiel. If you would like to send us a, an email, you can send it to podcast at wdwinfo.com or go to our show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com, and fill out the feedback form. If you'd like to send us a voicemail, toll-free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, one 310 The local direct number, area code 407-574-5093. Toll-free in the United Kingdom, 0808-120-2316. And toll-free in Australia, 1-800-774-531. So, with that out of the way, we will go ahead and get started with our first voicemail this week. comes to us from Joe, who has a story about his recent honeymoon at Walt Disney World. So here is Joe. Hi guys, this is Joe Rudhawk. Um, I have an interesting story to share with you guys. I was recently at Walt Disney World on my honeymoon, and I was swimming at the All-Star Movies Resort. I had my wedding ring on, and it flipped off in the pool, and I started freaking out, and, you know, oh my God, oh my God, my ring's gone, my ring's gone. My wife was in there with me, and we immediately started trying to search at the bottom of the pool for the ring. I decided to try to maybe get a lifeguard to help me out, try to find the ring. I went to the lifeguard, and he told me, well, my break is not till 1030, and I think it was about 8 o'clock at this time. But on my break, I'll be happy to go look for it for you. Well, I continued to keep searching for the ring over and over again and could not find it anywhere. Um, I went over to grab my cell phone to check the time, and when I turned around, the lifeguard that I had spoken to earlier was all, all wet, and he said, is this your ring? And he handed it to me. I was unable to find him again. I was going to try to give him a tip. I don't know if they were even allowed to take tips because I know you cannot tip the drivers to not allowed to take them. But if by any chance he happens to listen to this podcast, thank you very much for writing my wedding ring because it would have been an awful shame for it to be lost in the bottom of the pool. I also had one quick question. I was wondering why the parks seem to close so early. I do know that there are magic hours, and sometimes the parks are at 1 in the morning. But on average, the parks seem to close at like 7 p.m., sometimes 5 p.m. for Animal Kingdom, and I was just wondering why they closed so early. It seems like, you know, between getting on the buses and waiting in line for the rides, it just seems like you don't have very much time to do anything in the theme park. I was wondering why the parks are closed so early, and if there was any chance that the parks at a later date will be able to stay open later than they do now. Thank you for all that you do, and I'll love you later. Thanks. Bye. Well, thank you very much for uh, calling in with that, Joe. Glad to hear that uh, Disney Magic is still alive and well. Yeah. 
you'd be amazed what people lose in the. Uh, well, I bet you have pools. stories. Oh god! You know, one one time somebody lost a, a prescription lens that fell out of their glasses in the wave pool. Oh wow! Yeah, so try to find something like that mm. while people are jumping around in the wave pool. A clear <laughs> lens. There'd be no one. But you know, people lose a lot of money. Tons of money is lost, especially on Summit Plummet. There was one guy who came to us, and he said he lost about two hundred thirty dollars. And you just well, see how completely stupid exactly. Can you be? What are you doing carrying all this money? Two hundred and thirty dollars in going a water to a water park. park. Why would? And you, you just see all these twenties coming down the slide. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Oh my but no, you can't. Uh, you know, once we got you know gathered all the twenties and fives and gave it to him, he tried to give you know give us a tip, but you can't take it. Now, to answer your question about uh, park closing, parks closing early, uh, one word, recession. Uh, this is mm-hmm. part of how Disney has decided, this is one of many things they have done, to try and keep costs under control uh, so that every quarter they're turning a profit for their shareholders. And uh, we're going to see what kind, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, um, I understand why they had to do these these things. I think some of the things they have decided to do are incredibly short-sighted, and they are exchanging short-term gain for their shareholders in exchange for long-term gain for everybody. And uh, I think we're going to start seeing the effects of the layoffs, even though it wasn't on. There were no frontline cast members laid off. Uh, a lot of people, uh, a lot of the management positions that were uh, eliminated. You know now. They, they, they just dumped the work on other people without raising their pay or doing anything really to compensate them. So it's uh, – we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But that's the reason why. They're, they're, this is all cost-cutting measures. That's why Fantasmic – the schedule for, for uh, Fantasmic has been cut back. They've cut back in a lot of other areas as well. So we'll see. We'll see how much longer this goes on and, and whether or not, uh, you know – I, I, what I'm worried about is that now that they've they've done it, that even when the economy starts to recover, they're not going to go back to doing it the way they used to do it. They're going to keep these cost-cutting measures in place uh, as a way just to make more money. Yeah, you'll never see them cut ticket prices. No, you know? right. we certainly will never yeah. see that. And uh, you know, because you know, you've heard me talk about it before. The airlines uh, use the spike in fuel prices. To justify charging for uh, for your for your luggage, and uh, now that the fuel prices have gone back to normal, we still have the fuel the the fuel surcharge on for, for luggage. Everybody except Southwest, it's the only airline that doesn't do it. But uh, you know they 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 took a loss last quarter for the first time in a long time. Southwest, so I wonder if that keeps up, how much longer it'll be before Southwest starts doing it. Yeah. So, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see. But I've I'll, also heard rumors that they're supposed to do some cutbacks with eliminations. That would be that would be messed up. Yeah, that would be messed up. They're going to have a problem with people if they do that. People that go to Epcot, a lot of people go to see illuminations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of people go to see illuminations, and it's going to hurt Epcot in a lot of ways. It's going to hurt those restaurants. It's going to hurt the stores. They're going to lose money in other areas. So I don't see how I don't know. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. But thank you again for calling in, Joe. Um, our next voicemail comes to us from Kristen, who has some more information. We were talking about the big red boat last week, 
in our email show, which was the precursor to the Disney Cruise Line. And she found some more information because we didn't have an awful lot of information on the Big Red Boat. So here is Kristen. Hi, podcast team. This is Kristen, Kay Padalik, and the boards. Uh, after listening to last week's voicemail about the Big Red Boat, um, I wanted to read some more about their history. I, I've done Disney Cruise Line before, but I didn't really know anything about um, the Big Red Boat and Premier Cruise Line. Um, so I did some research on the Internet, and I found some interesting information. Um, apparently, Premier Cruise Line, they were founded in 1983 and um, by two guys and um they sold it to dial corporation dial is in the soap people um and dial also owned greyhound bus line um but they did sail from port canaveral and they did three and four day cruises to the bahamas and uh, i think you know one thing that stood out to me was that it looked like there were um that they went through a lot of owner and leadership changes um, I, they, they weren't even um, operating for 20 years, and they went through several um, owners and several leaders, and I don't know if that had anything to do with their eventual demise, but uh, they had an eight-year affiliation with Disney, and I think it ended in April of 94, um, but towards the end of um premier cruise line's existence they were sued by the ada for not having any accommodations for those with disabilities and of course they had stiff competition from the bigger and the newer ships and the other cruise lines um but during the final three months of premier cruise line they were only getting about 120 dollars per person they were selling um their spots on the cruise for $120 per person, wow. which was way below the operating cost. Um, and, of course, bankruptcy followed in uh, September 2000. Now, um, I didn't realize that they had so many ships in their fleet, but uh, one of their ships now still st- still sails for a uh, cruise line based out of Spain. Um, two of them, two of the ships were scrapped, and one that was supposed to be scrapped actually sank in the storm um and one of the ships was interestingly enough bought by the city of rotterdam in the netherlands and it's kept there as a historic landmark why i'm not sure but it's there um i just thought this might provide a little bit more information about the big red boat uh thought it was interesting i thought some other people might find it interesting too that's it thank you for all you do oh and by the way john i think you're a genius too for now. Well, thank you very much, Kristen. That's uh, very interesting. I, that was uh, interesting. Some really good information there. I did not know about the big red boat. I remember the advertisements. I remember a long the advertisements, ago, and that's yeah. the only thing I remember about them. Yep, I remember the advertisements, and uh, I don't know why I think Kathy Lee Gifford was. <laughs> no, that was that was Carnival. Yeah, Carnival, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's uh, one hundred and twenty dollars. Can you imagine? Wouldn't you like to go when it was $120? I don't know if I'd want to be on a, a cruise to charge that. Well, yeah, if they're heading <laughs> yeah, towards right. bankruptcy, I don't you think I want to be on their boat. I don't think I want to be on their ship. So, all right, well, thank you very much for that, Kristen. Who has an email they would like to read? I do. 
Teresa. Me over here. This is from Tracy. Hi, podcast crew. I was looking around. Okay, I was louder, huh? I was looking around the Disney World site at the attractions and tours and noticed there was a Pirates League opening in the Magic Kingdom in late June, which seems to be more aimed at the boys, although there is a girls' option. Can you send Stella or Max to the parks for photos and the after experience for Treasure Hunt? It's for ages three and up. I will send Max. Okay. Oh, I think Max definitely has to get done up as a pirate. Yeah, they fix you up as a pirate. You want to be an intern, Max. This is what interns do. Fake teeth. You get your picture taken, and you you could be Captain Hook or Captain Jack or a cursed pirate. Arg. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Arg. Or the girls, they um, do your face up in vibrant and bold makeup. I think Max should get the girls' makeup done. I didn't, I didn't know yeah. we were going to have a Diz intern. This could be fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, great! So that's Max is going to Max is going to be our uh, Max is going to be our intern. June 29th, that starts. I'm going over with Old Key West lover. He's bringing his grandson. Oh, really? And I'm going to go over and get some pictures. Okay, oh. cool. Starts the 29th, I think. I think that's when they're going. I know they had one of the first appointments. Oh, that's no, we really need to make an appointment for that. I think that'd be fun. I think absolutely. <laughs> Max is over there going, you, are you serious? Send yeah. him out with all the five-year-old boys. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine? Yeah. Ferris isn't old enough. We'll scar him no. for life. No, he's got a few years a few years to wait. He's already been scarred. We had to fall back on Stella on this one. It's kind of like when Bob did the, uh, the tour of the Magic Kingdom. They the family Magic yeah. Tour. <laughs> all the kids. All right. Well, thank you very much for that, Teresa. Who else has one they'd like to? I have one. This is for from Lauren Simone in Wappingers Falls, New York. Hi, podcast team. I love the show, and I have a silly podcast behind-the-scenes question that popped into my head while I was listening to the show today. Do you discuss what rapid fire you'll be doing before the show? And on that same idea, do you discuss what emails you plan to read during the email show beforehand? I'm just wondering because it's pretty common for someone to say their email or rapid fire was stolen by someone else on the team. Do these emails go to a common inbox that you all see and then you just print out the ones you'd like to use on the show and hope someone else didn't do the same thing? Yep. Yep. So <laughs> exactly that, what happens. It sums it up. So that's my stupid question. Thanks and keep up the great work. Hope the whole universal cruise works out because I am so there, Lauren. Um, I would also say, too, that if you send it to a, a team member, usually, you know, you put their name at the beginning of it, it's more likely to get read. You know, like if you say, mm-hmm. hey, that Kathy's a great photographer, I'm liable to pick that one out. And <laughs> yeah, because I, I actually brought that one. That was one I was going to read. She stole it. She stole it. And then Teresa has one I was going to read. She stole it. <laughs> and then I, my second one that I brought, actually, Walter, that's his last one. So now I only have one. I'm down one. to like two. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, we really uh, try not to uh, coordinate uh, anything. I'll be honest with you. Uh, pre- pre-production for the show is really kept to a minimum. I script out the news. Uh, I do script out housekeeping in terms of just what I want, want to make sure that I remember to talk about. Uh, outside of that, we kind of wing it. Yeah, before uh, the show, we, we talk about what we what movies we saw, the mm-hmm. reality know, I, shows we're watching. I will ask. I mean, of course, I'll ask. You know, who's who's got a segment this week? Um, somebody always has something, and uh, on occasion, you know, we'll say, "All right, I need you know people need to go out and do a, a particular segment." But we really try and keep it loose. What we have found uh, over the three years we've been doing it is that by keeping it really spontaneous, that's how the show works best. Yeah. When we try and plan it out too much and 
organize it too much, then something gets taken away from it, which is why I was a nervous wreck on the podcast cruise because I really, you know, it was our first time doing it in front of a live audience, and I wanted to script the living hell out of that show. I wanted it down. I wanted it timed. I wanted, and John was like, no, 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 you can't. You you just got to go do what we do. And I'm like, not with people watching. It wasn't worked out, not not planned out, not scripted. So, how many times I've come in here and started to say something that I was going to talk about, and John will say, save it for the show, save mm -hmm. it for the show. Yeah, we don't don't want to hear about it. We don't want to hear about it. We lose the reactions for the reviews or anything. We don't talk about it until when when, when you hear it, everyone else hears it. So that's the first time it's said. And also with the emails, we all kind of have subjects that we talk about. Mm -hmm. Like if... You know, if an email comes in and it's about dining, usually I'll just pass that up and leave it right. for Kevin. Yeah. DVC, usually John, shopping, Julie, me, recreation and stuff. <laughs> Even you know? now, and the only thing is with the voicemails. The voicemails do not go into a common account. The voicemails only come to me. And I'm the only one who hears them before the show. Uh, on a rare occasion, I'll send them out to the team saying, we need to research this or can somebody check on this? But for the most part, um, and even even then, I don't listen to the entire voicemail before I choose it. I get a gist for what it's about because I want to have a, a, an honest reaction to it as well. Sometimes I do listen to the whole voicemail, but usually I listen to about the first 30 seconds. Really? And, well, like no. the guy with the fake British accent, you didn't know what yeah, he was I didn't know about it. Exactly. That's really? a great example. I did he didn't not listen know. to the whole thing. Well, I don't listen to the whole thing. I love going to that one. I love the way he segued right into his regular voice. I know. It was just <laughs> well, again, like I said, it's a matter of uh, it, it's really a matter of uh, having to just. I, I want to have an honest reaction right. to whatever it is. So I listen to a certain amount of the uh, voicemail to get a gist for what they're asking, so I know how to intro it. But then I want to hear it with you guys for the first time. So uh, that's pretty much how we how we structure this, or lack or, or lack of structure this. So it's a great question, great question. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, our next voicemail comes to us from Matt in Richmond, Virginia, who is going out to Los Angeles and wants some advice on Disneyland, and he's also uh, another one pu- uh, puckering up to smooch John's butt. Yeah. <laughs> oh my, it seems to be a habit. Uh, yes, yeah, everybody's jumping on, the bandwagon, jumping on the bandwagon. Listen, folks, the one who decides who gets prizes, me. <laughs> okay? Good afternoon, podcast family. This is uh, Matt from Richmond, Virginia. Cyberbox 2 on the board. Uh, I have a question for you all. A, a wonderful opportunity has presented itself uh, to me this past weekend to take a, uh, uh, a trip out to Los Angeles to uh, stay with some family for uh, four days, and uh, and this will be August 20th to the 24th, and uh, Sunday the 23rd, we are going to Disneyland. Now, I have not been to Disneyland since 1986. Uh, I was only 10 years old, and uh, I have vague memories, so I'm really looking forward to getting back there uh, after, you know, going to Disney World uh, since 2005, uh, you know, seven or eight times. Uh, being able to go to Disneyland is going to be incredible. I'm very excited. Um, but uh, the family that I'm staying with has suggested that we eat at the Blue Bayou in Disneyland. Now, again, no. not being there for over 20 years, I, I don't even know the other options. Uh, I know I can research them on the board, but uh, I wanted to get uh, your opinion, since I know you're a frequent uh, out there. 
uh, as to what would be the um, best restaurant to eat at, and at what time of the day am I going to be uh, um, have the most uh, success with uh, getting ADRs and, uh, um, I guess, uh, enjoying it the best. Um, but anyway, uh, if you could uh, answer that question for me, that would be incredible. Anything else about Disneyland uh, that uh, I should know maybe that's happening that day or that, that week that I'm there that I might want to uh, consider? Uh, and also, I just wanted to interject that uh, John is got to be the funniest uh, person on the podcast. His, his, his yeah, blah, 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 blah. blah. <laughs> okay. Timing uh, is incredible. Uh, when, you know, when he cracks a joke, I'm rolling on the floor. Even sometimes when he's just talking and he slips something in, uh, you know, not even meaning to be funny. Those seem to be the most funny of them all. Uh, John's incredible. Uh, and I'd like to pick number 14, but put that aside. John, yeah. just, uh, he, he's a funny guy. Kevin, you're a lucky man. Thanks, everyone. Have a wonderful week. I look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, I can tell you now that number 14 is a tissue to wipe that stuff off your nose. <laughs> John is not hiring. Keep that in mind. Now, to answer your question, Blue Bayou, bad choice. Yeah. Bad choice. Very um, expensive and just plain. It was okay. I, Nothing I, was that good. It was, for the price they were charging, it was below par. And uh, just a couple times now we've we've eaten there. Three times for me that I've eaten there. Three times I've been disappointed because I really want to love this restaurant. i got to be honest. The only thing good is the theming. They do a good theming. The but theming the food is great. And if you like eating in the dark, it's really good. <laughs> But yeah, the food itself. No, I mean, it's just not worth it. Good. And you know, it's it. This has really disappointed me over the years that you know this is supposed to be a signature restaurant for Disneyland, and they put no effort whatsoever into the food. They know it's a tourist trap. They price it like a tourist trap, and they serve food like a tourist trap, and that's terrible. Um, slightly better, in my opinion, across the uh, across the walkway, Cafe Orleans, um, probably. The better choice for a sit-down meal in, in the Magic Kingdom, in my opinion. Uh, again, food inside uh, the Disneyland Park, just, it really ain't good. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's not good. The counter service isn't good. The, um, You know, in, on our Disneyland show, uh, Tony Spatel uh, reviewed the Celebration Roundup Barbecue. Um, that sounds pretty good, even though it's pricey at $28.99 a head. Uh, so if you're going to eat inside the park... I think right now those are probably the two things I would recommend. Um, and really, outside of that, I've, I I just I couldn't give you a recommendation to go somewhere else. Yeah, and um, park dining is it's tough. It's tough. I mean, uh, uh, the um, wine country, the Trattoria, the Trattoria uh, over in good. California yeah, Adventure is very good. Yes, um, that's and that's a nice sit down place. So if you want to. You know, especially if you want to have a glass of wine with your uh, uh, with your dinner, uh, there's a nice there's a nice selection of of wines that go with it. And you have the option of sitting inside or outside, which is nice. I have a question: um, dining at Disneyland is it as hard to get in without a reservation as it is here? Um, it depends on it de- really depends on day of the week and time of the year. Um, when you're looking at uh, uh, the weekends, the thir- uh, Friday, Saturday, Sundays. At Disneyland, it's just packed with locals. Really? It's just packed with locals. Yeah. To the, I mean, packed to the point you can't move. Of course, when you get into the summer months, you know, people are on vacation. That's a popular time. Parks fill up. So, again, you're looking at 
uh, big crowds, always good to have ADRs. Uh, I think the same rules apply in California that apply out here. Uh, the earlier you make your ADRs, the more likely you are to get them. Uh, most people will tend to eat a little later on, 6, 7 o'clock. So if you can aim your ADRs for around 5 p.m., stand a little bit better chance, I think. I notice that here, that you know, you're know more likely to, the earlier in the evening you book them, the more likely you are to get them. But of course, like anything else, it's always a good idea to do it in advance, as far in advance as you can. So I hope that helps, Matt. Thank you very much for calling in, and I'm sure John will enjoy listening to how wonderful and funny and everything else he is. <laughs> People are making him unbearable. So... All right. Our next voicemail comes to us from Raleigh in North Carolina, who has questions about the weather in August here in Florida. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> Hi, this crew. My name is Raleigh, and I'm from North Carolina. Um, I'm trying to get some information. I've been to Disney several times, but I've never been in the summer. I've always been early April, and the weather's always been nice. But with the promotion they have going with the free dining, um, we were looking to actually upgrade our resort and to take advantage of the free dining so that we could upgrade and really not have any more money invested um, versus going the first week in April, which is what we're kind of leaning towards right now. Uh, my question is, is the weather in Florida and the weather on Disney, is that just unbearable the last week of August? Um, I've got two children, um, both are teenagers, but we would be hitting the streets all day and make um, 100% use of our time and just not sure if it would be too hot to really stand at the last week in August. Um, my next question is um, the free dining. Do you know, is that really a true free dining? Is there any hang-ups, or is it like the dining package that we're used to? Um, and also, how are the crowds the last week in August? Um, we're trying to work around school schedules and didn't know for sure if it's just so packed that you can't really move around. Um, we would be looking to go to Epcot and the Magic Kingdom and uh probably spend a couple days at Epcot and the Magic Kingdom, and then um, we may actually go to Universal Orlando while we're there this time, but we would be there for around six days. Um, and also, what is your favorite time of the year to go to Disney? Uh, we really are, are not really interested in going around Christmas because we do have some family obligations, but other than that, we're pretty much wide open. So uh, anyway, I would appreciate all of your thoughts. Well, thank you very much, Riley. I appreciate your uh, your voicemail. Um, to answer your questions, August... Uh, weather sucks. Yeah. Um, it is going to be brutally hot. Uh, doesn't the, the heat doesn't really start to break here until October. Uh, it gets a little bit better in September, but still, even through September. August is pretty dreadful. Yeah. August is really, uh, it's very, very warm. So, uh, yes, you, you can expect uh, temperatures in the 90s, uh, humidity to be pretty brutal. Uh, it's just how it is. It's already started here. It's oh, already yeah. in the 90s. <laughs> Humidity is already miserable. So, uh, yeah, August is definitely... My, now, my favorite time of year, since you asked, is the fall. Um, the fall and uh, January. I think January, January is just is a great. brilliant time to be here because the weather is fantastic. Uh, the crowds are light. And, uh, you know, that for me, uh, the, the fall season, I, I, I'm partial to the fall anyway. But uh, the fall season is great. January is great. Uh, there were some other questions she had. Um, it's about uh, free dining. Free dining. Um, uh, the, the dining package that you get with the uh, pa- uh, with the free dining offer is the same dining package mm-hmm. you would buy. 
So there's no difference uh, at all uh, between them. So it's, uh, you know, standard. Just make sure you make your ADRs ahead of time because during free dining, they really do. Oh, yeah. It's slim pickings after a while. Yeah, it's, you really do need to make your ADRs right now. Mm-hmm. You haven't made them already. Uh, and as for the crowds, yeah, it does start to thin out some toward the end of August because a lot of, uh, especially local uh, kids, are back in school already. Uh, you have some school districts around the country that don't go back until Labor Day, a day after Labor Day. Uh, but the Florida school systems, they're back they are back in school by the beginning of August. Mm-hmm. I think it's the 21st this year. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's oh, it's later. later. Okay. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Uh, but, yeah, the, the crowds do start to thin out. And Disney, I believe Disney uh, considers value season to start like around the 15th of August, somewhere in that time frame, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we used to have it I on the site. it's September 19th. No, no, no. All of September is definitely value season. Yeah, value season actually begins uh, for Disney this year. Um, if I'm reading this correctly, August 9th. Uh, so they are expecting. Uh, they're definitely expecting lower crowds um, uh, in August because value season at all the resorts on Disney property. Sitting here going through them. Yep. For all the resorts on Disney property, start August 9th through October 1st. So, yeah, you can uh, you can expect the crowd should be pretty good. That's the best way. If you want to gauge what Disney thinks the crowds are going to be, take a look at, you know, where, where they've set their their seasons. The value season, peak season, summer season, holiday season. Uh, you know, and that's, that's how you – that's the best – really the best way to gauge in advance – of course, there are spikes here and there, depending on certain things. But really, the best way to gauge is to look at see, see where Disney is charging more money for hotel rooms, because they're usually pretty good at predicting that stuff. So, thanks again, Riley, for calling in. Who has an email they'd like to read? I have one. It says it's from Kelly Brown in Mount Alto, Pennsylvania. It says hi, podcast crew. I just wanted to say I started listening to the podcast recently and enjoying them immensely. I'll be seeing all of you on Cruise 2.0 in 2010 and can't wait. Today I received some disconcerting news about my mother who has been suffering from cancer. And I listened to your podcast. It made me laugh. I want to say thank you for cheering me up and keeping my mind off the bad. I'd like to know about what would be the best place in the world, in quotation marks, to take my mom. She's never been and will be considered disabled. She doesn't do rides and I don't want her to miss the magic. It's been difficult for me as I want to take her and share the special place with all the little time we have left. I don't know what time of year. Any recommendations to help would be greatly appreciated. Thanks for all that you do. Um, P.S. It was all Disney Brides 23's fault. Uh, They got me hooked on the WDW. Um, I would say take her to Epcot to the World Showcase. Those are my thoughts exactly when I read the email. Because you don't have to do rides. That's an all-day thing, mm-hmm. and you can enjoy a lot of stuff. Yeah. And if she's never been to any of those places, it's almost like bringing her there. Yeah. Yeah. And as for time of year, we were just talking about that on the, uh, on the last voicemail. Uh, you know, really and truly, in terms of temperature and comfort level, uh, aim for January. Aim for a January trip. Uh, the temperatures are going to be really mild. 
usually we don't. It's a. Uh, it's not rainy. It's not rainy season here. It also depends on. I mean, if she got some bad news. I mean, are we talking? It, is your mom not going to be around in January? Yeah. You know, that's a long time away. Yeah. Uh, true. True. But she, she she did ask what time of year, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. So, you know, if it's an option, January. Yeah, she said she wanted to take her, but she didn't know what time of year. So it sounds like there's a little leeway there. So, um, you know, Epcot World Showcase is certainly, you know, just, and I'm sorry, even walking around the Magic Kingdom, you don't have to go on anything. I was going to um, say sitting up by the castle, you know, just take her up there and watch the people go by is special, just to see the castle and the people. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think, uh, you know, Animal Kingdom is another one where you can walk around, not have to go on rides. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. And really take in a lot. Um, so, you know, there are there are options. You know, I'm not a big rides person myself. No, I'm not either. Yeah, we don't and ride a whole lot when we go. Just walking around, just being mm-hmm. there and kind of experiencing different things. Shopping, you know, Disney does have some great op- options for shopping, especially at World Showcase. Yeah, I don't uh, think you can beat World Showcase. That not to mention, not to mention to the food. Uh, so, I think there are plenty of plenty of options, uh, especially for a trip like this where you don't, you know, someone's not going to do rides. Um, I think you can do you can do a lot, um, including at the resorts. I mean, just you know, some of these resorts, in particular, I think the Boardwalk, um, the Yacht and Beach Club, the Swan and Dolphin, their proximity to Epcot, their proximity to World Showcase. And the amount of things you can just kind of walk around and do, the pools, uh, it's just, it really is, you know, you can do, you can do an awful lot in Disney World and never step foot on an attraction. So, uh, we'll keep uh, you and your mom in our thoughts and hope, uh, hope that everything works out okay. We appreciate you sending that email and thank you for reading that, Walter. Who else has an email they'd like to read? I do. Jules. Mine's from Carla in Houston, Texas. And she's going to need to get her Starbucks on when she's at Disney World, she writes. <laughs> she has coffee issues with Disney and wants to know where there's a good, in quotes, Starbucks <laughs> close to Saratoga Springs. Um, I did some research for you, Carla. I went on to their official website, Store Locator, and I found three different ones that are under five miles from Saratoga Springs. So you are going to have to make a little drive. I'll take you anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes for each one. The closest one is at 13401 Blue Heron Beach Drive and it'll take you 10 minutes and it's 4.13 miles away. And that 10 minutes is depending on no traffic and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, we're like 30. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, there's also one over at the Orlando Premium Outlet Food Court. Now, if you're going shopping one day, this would be a great place to go and get your fix. That's at 8200 Vineland Avenue. That's 4.45 miles away, and supposedly it'll take you 11 minutes to get there. (laughs) And then there's also one at the Marriott World Center, which is 8701 World Center Drive. And then this one's five miles away, and it'll take you about 12 to 15 minutes. So those are your options. Um, John and Kevin said that there was one, a new one recently built out on 535, but I'm not familiar with this. So just go online, starbucks.com, and type in Walt Disney World for the store locator. It'll give you every place near there. And I would say there's the super target if you need to go grocery shopping on five, 192 off of 535. You can get your Starbucks, you know. Or you could drive over to the Polynesian and get a cup of Kona coffee, a real cup of coffee, <laughs> not that swill they serve at Starbucks. Well, I'm a Starbucks fan. That's why I answered this question. <sighs> so. Bitter burnt coffee, mm, yum. 
<laughs> Can't stand Starbucks. Have never ever been able to stomach Starbucks. I need a smooth cup of coffee. And the only decent cup of coffee really and truly served on Disney property is is that is the Kona stand on the second floor of the Polynesian. It's the really the only place you'll get a decent. I cup had of to coffee. go over there because everybody always talks about that. And a couple months ago, I finally went over and had my first cup at the Polynesian. I'm like, oh, okay, now I understand what everybody talks about. Yeah, it's a really good cup of coffee. Really, really good cup of coffee. It's the best. One of the best reasons to stay at the Polynesian is you're getting on the monorail. You can grab a cup of that coffee. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, thank you for that, Julie. Who else has an email I'd like to read? I have one more. It's okay. actually Corey's. <laughs> so, as he tends is, to Ferris. <laughs> this is from Catherine in Houston, Texas. I'm currently planning a Disney cruise and have a question about excursions. My family has always wanted to try parasailing, and I saw that this activity is available as an excursion in Castaway Key. However, I have a little brother who's two years old, and therefore he obviously does not meet the age requirement. Do you know if there's any way for us to book the parasailing excursion and bring him along? He won't be able to participate. We'd love to have all of us together and still be able to try this. Thanks. Corey contacted our Disney Cruise Line expert, Tracy Whipple. And unfortunately, you will not be able to bring him with you. Um, You could either take him to Flounder's Reef on the ship, or you can split the family into two different uh, parties, and you can do a baby swap. Oh. That's going to be your only option. Baby swap's an option, sure. Yeah. So... Sorry, I guess it's you know a little dangerous to have someone so young on the boat, and he's too yeah. young for the kids' club, right? Would you say too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's taking Flounder's Reef, the nursery. Yeah. Also, those boats have limited space. Yeah, they are relatively small. So, well, you can just try and pass them off as a twelve-year-old. <laughs> like draw really draw big, some facial hair on him. <laughs> really like big Max lips. Max is a three-year-old. Yeah, he's there. put really big lips in his shoes. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you for that, Julie. Our next voicemail comes to us from Rhett in Utah, who has some questions about free dining. These are coming in fast and furious. Hi, guys. Um, My name is Rhett, and I'm out here in Utah. And this question is for anybody. My wife and I are planning a trip for next year in 2010 to come down there and bring all of our family. But then we saw this free dining promotion, and we looked at the prices, and to bring our three-year-old twins and one-year-old baby to the parks this September was a deal that we are finding hard to pass up. We are Disneyland veterans, but have only been to Disney World once as a couple. If we choose to come down this year during the free dining, we're not really worried about making tons of reservations, but will we be able to actually use the sit-down restaurant credits, or will we pretty much just be, I guess, dele- relegated to using the counter service since we're less than a couple months out. Um, again, we'd just be curious if it's even worth it for us at this point since we're within the next few months. Hey, keep up the great work, guys. Thanks. Bye. Well, thank you, Rhett, for calling in. Um, what do you think, Kathy? Oh, definitely need to make ADRs. I mean... You need to be flexible, you know, if you're trying to do this sort of like last minute, the the more popular places. But to, to expect to come and try to get a reservation, that's like setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah. I mean, they, you may occasionally get something if you do a walk-up. But, you know, the, there are good places to eat here, and I'd really hate to see you just do counter service. You know, do a little planning and, and have a nice sit-down meal. 
Yeah, you can. I mean, it is. It's going to be difficult. I'm not going to say that it's going to be easy getting ADRs during free dining, especially if you're within the 90 day window, which sounds like you are. Uh, it would definitely be, you know, one of those scenarios where uh, you map it out. I mean, again, with, with free dining in general, with any dining package with Disney, in order to really make it pay for you, you really have to do your homework, and you really got to scope out your ADRs and and. Uh, it's going to take some persistence. It may take multiple phone calls between now and the time you leave. Uh, it may take uh, showing up at the podium just to see in the event somebody didn't show up. And you can check from your resort phone right. when you, you check in. Exactly. Uh, so there, you know, it's going to take persistence. It's not going to be easy. <laughs> but uh, plan it out. Uh, you know, start looking. Look at some of the less popular. Uh, restaurants, of course. If you're, you're looking for Le Cellier, uh, you're going Cinderella's Royal Table. Cinderella's Royal Table. You're going to be disappointed. I'm just, you're just going to be disappointed. So, you know, keep in mind some of the uh, less popular but good spots. You know, we've talked about Chefs de France a lot. I know you're going with with kids, but it's Disney, and they do a great job with kids. They do a great job with adults. The food is fantastic, uh, and there's always seems to be availability there it seems to be one of the easier ones and do like get. a look at a late lunch instead of you know like a dinner because a lot of these restaurants serve the same thing at lunch and dinner as, as at dinner and you might be able to get in at lunch or you can't get in for dinner so just sort of swap your meals around so yeah as kathy said be flexible and the more flexible you are uh the better off uh, you're going to be but good luck it's uh Especially with, I think he's he's probably already flexible with two three year olds yeah. and a baby. Three year old twins, yeah, and a one year old. Boy, God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you got a handful on your hands. So, well, thank you very much, Rhett. Appreciate the phone call. Our final voicemail this week comes to us from my good friend Tim Odom in Sydney, Australia, who called up uh, last week and talked about. Uh, so romantically talked about his wife yeah, and being from New Zealand and how he hates Australia. <laughs> so here is Tim. Hi, Tim. Uh, it's uh, New Zealand Tim uh, calling out of Sydney, Australia. Um, firstly, I'd just like to uh, thank you for answering my uh, voicemail uh, the other day regarding um, uh, parking uh, and all the information you gave um, about hiring cars on-site business on-site that was fantastic thanks very much um, however uh, after my uh, comments uh, about Australia um, I- I've since been uh, lynched um, I- I've been I've received uh, death threats <laughs> and and that's just from my wife <laughs> <laughs> um, look uh, I I uh, I think Walter and Pete uh, are going to have a great time here in Australia, though. Um, uh, it, it is a uh, it is a great country uh, with lots of uh, lots of things to, to see and do, and they've got some uh, some remarkable um, sites and wildlife, which uh, obviously uh, uh, you can't see anywhere else. Um, and so I'm very much looking forward to meeting uh, both Pete and uh, and Walter when they're here in Sydney. Uh, and even though I'm not Australian, uh, I'm happy to show you around uh, the historical sites and what's made modern Australia. 
Uh, it's really just prisons and convict quarters. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, look, I've, I've created a Facebook group. Uh, if you want to check that out, Pete and Walter are coming to Australia is the name of it. Um, so, yeah, please please join, and and, uh, and that could be quite fun. Uh, I did have a question, uh, and that's regarding tickets. Uh, I understand that traditionally tickets go up in August. Uh, if, I think that's correct. Um, do they expire? That's one of the questions. And uh, if they don't, um, should I buy them now uh, before our trip in November 2010? Um, seeing as, you know, there's a couple of Augusts in, in between. Is it worth my while? I, I don't know. I really don't know. You're the, you're the experts, and I'm, I'm relying on you for this one. Thanks very much, guys, and, uh, yeah, I look forward to, to hearing from you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Well, Tim, thanks very much for calling, and thanks for setting up that Facebook page. Walter and I both joined. And we've got about, I think, about 80 or 90 people. Yeah, I joined it. Now that are on that. So if you want to follow our exploits in the run-up to our trip, Pete and Walter go to Australia on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, to answer your question, um, park tickets uh, do expire unless you purchase the no expiration option on them. But they never expire if you haven't used them. Right. If you haven't used them, that's 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 correct. Uh, they uh, they will expire. Uh, fourteen days. After fourteen first days use. after first use, unless you purchase a no expiration option. So if you buy them now and don't use them for another two years, you're fine. Um, it's uh, only if they're, you know, if you buy a seven day and you only use five, and then don't buy the no expiration, those other two days will waste. expire. So. I would definitely buy them now. Uh, absolutely buy them now. The price will surely go up before. Oh, no question. Yeah. No question. But it depends because then sometimes you know how Disney offers like a discounted package with tickets. Like usually it seems like January, February they have a deal where you get like park hoppers added on. So I don't know. That's sort of like. In my mind, it's like a gamble. Do you buy it now or do you wait? Well, to it see? depends. It depends on. Uh, it, it really, it really depends. A, if you're going to stay on property, a lot of people from outside the U.S. come here, spend two or three weeks. They don't spend it on Disney property. They spend it off-site and drive in. That's one of the things he was talking about uh, in his uh, voicemail last week. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you're prone, if you think you're going to be doing a package. That could be a different story, but if you're if he's thinking about buying tickets, obviously I don't think a package is too much on his mind. But I don't know. So if it's a package, you might want to consider it. But if you if you're not inclined to do a package deal, and you're just going to do the elements separately, you're going to stay off site. Then definitely buy the ticket now, because it will only go up. It will only go up. So I hope that helps, Tim. I can't wait to meet you when we get down there. Prisons of penal colonies. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, apparently, yeah, it's, Tim is, Tim's not too fond of Australia. I'm, you know, he doesn't seem to like doesn't seem to like where he lives. So, well, thanks again for calling in, Tim. We appreciate it. Thanks everybody for your emails and your voicemails. So, just a reminder to everybody: this is uh, we are not going to be doing a show next week, as Teresa Walter and I will be in Disneyland. So. We will be back with you again in two weeks with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes.